Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So here's the promise, one of the promises that I'll be reflecting on today in our, our lesson. God takes Abram or Abraham outside and he says, look toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. You may be seated. I'm going to be talking about God's promises or when God makes a, a promise to us and, and how we can respond. Um, at this point in the gospel, in the Bible lesson, um, Moses was inspired to write a story about Abram or Abraham uh, that was going to be passed on from generation to generation. And I think one of the reasons why it's in the scriptures is because this gentleman who is known as the father of believers has some eternal struggles. He has some questions. He wonders what God is up to. And I think every one of us that has a faith in the Lord has those questions from, from time to time. And I want to use this teaching from Genesis 15 to talk about God when he makes promises for us. You see, every time we gather in church, um, we hear about his promises. We hear about the promise of everlasting life. We hear about the promise of the forgiveness of sins that Jesus won for us on the cross. We hear about the promise that Jesus walks with us every step in every way in every direction that we go. The list can go on. But I wonder sometimes if we struggle with the idea, are, are these just empty words? Because sometimes it doesn't feel like God is here with us. And I think we know the answer. No, they aren't just empty words. God's words are reassuring and they are, they are reliable. So this lesson that we had, uh, Vicar mentioned, it, it's kind of weird. It starts off with a phrase, after this or after these things, well, what was going on? Abram and his nephew Lot had a tremendous amount of possessions, so much so that the, the camps couldn't get along with one another. They couldn't feed their animals, their, their livestock. They couldn't do it in a way where everybody's needs were going to be met. And so they made a decision to, to break away. Lot decided to head off towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abram decided to head off towards Canaan. But wouldn't you know, as the scriptures go, um, Lot finds himself in trouble. Actually, a king uh, that has some issues with Sodom and Gomorrah comes down and, and raids the area and takes Lot and a bunch of people away with him. And Abram gets word of this. That's one of his family members. And what is he going to do to care for them? So he recruits 318 soldiers. Just 318 men, great men, great soldiers, at the behest of the Lord. And they go and rescue Lot. They defeat the king. And the king of Sodom and Gomorrah is so happy that this happened that he wants to give Abram a, a lot of praise and, hey, out of boy, thank you for doing that for me. Thank you for saving us. But Abram knew better. He didn't want to take the credit because he knew it was God that did the work. He understood that God works through, through people, through means. But you would think Abram would be on top of the world, seeing what God had done. And yet here's this man that, has a lot of questions. He, he wonders, is this king going to come back and, and cause more, more harm? And in that wondering, God draws near to him. And in the opening verse of chapter 15, we, we hear that in this, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. You see, God inserts himself into Abram's questions. 
And he says, do not be afraid, Abram. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm your shield and your very great reward. What's he saying? God is reassuring Abram. Abram, this king is not coming back for you. He's done. I'm your shield. I'm your reward. I'm your Lord. I will protect you. (sighs) Breathe a sigh of relief. But wait, wait, wait. But God, I I got some other questions. Um, What is all this for? You've blessed me, and you tell me I'm going to be a blessing to the nations. I just don't see how this is happening. I, I don't even have a child of my own. And so he questions. He has this internal struggle. How is this going to happen? How is God going to do this? My wife is past the age of having, having children. Lord, what are you going to give me? Because I remain childless. How do I know this is going to happen? Well, 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 maybe it's going to go like this. Um, you see, in his culture, if there was a time uh, for a patriarch to, to close his eyes in death on this side of paradise, his inheritance, if he didn't have a family, would go on to the chief servant. And, and Abram says, well, maybe that's what's going to happen. This guy, Eliezer, he's going, to be, he's going to be the one that gets the inheritance. And God says, no, Abram. You're going to have a son coming from your own body your own flesh and blood, that's going to be your heir. Your own flesh and blood. Let me, let me show you something. And so he takes him outside. And this is where I wish I was there. I, I wanted to just see what Abram saw. Because you see, we have things like light pollution and we can't see the beauty of the heavens the way that he was able to back then. But just to be able to count the myriad of stars and to God say, you see those stars? They're all out there. Start counting, if you can count them. Abram, that's going to be your family. That's going to be your legacy, all to my glory. But that's going to be your legacy. And what a promise that was. As Christians, you and I need to know that God makes promises. We need to hear about those promises because just think about the way your life goes. Think about the extreme situations that you have faced, the, the challenges and the trials that you've faced. And God speaks a promise to you. Even when we question God, even when we doubt God, even when we blame God or we conclude that he's not there or he doesn't care, God still makes us a promise. And I'm gonna just read a couple of them to you. Right now, right out of God's word, John 3, 16. Here's a promise that reassures us. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Not perish? Question mark. Eternal life? Question mark. Yes. Eternal life. That's the promise that God says. Other scriptures, here right in Hebrews chapter 13, God says, never will I leave you and, and never will I forsake you. You mean, you mean someone is watching over us? And someone is walking with us every step of the way? Question mark. Yes, that's what I mean, God says. First Peter 5, God invites us, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. In spite of the fact that I doubt, question mark, in spite of my questions, 
Question mark. My worries, my cares, my concerns? Question mark. Yes. God cares about your cares, your worries, and your concerns. And then, and then hear this from John 11. Excuse me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up just a little bit. For Romans 5, here's another promise. God demonstrates his own love for us and, and this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. No matter how many times I turn my back on God, no matter how many times I spit in his face or disobeyed his teachings, Jesus cries out from the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And in John 11, Jesus gives us this promise. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. These are promises. 100% reassurances from our Lord. God is faithful. Every promise that he's made in scripture has come true. He keeps his promises. So not only are they reassuring, they are 100% reliable. Just think about the miracle that Abram got to experience as as he was told his wife, past childbearing age, is going to have a child. And and God said, this is the way it's going to look. And you know what happens? Abram believes. And I think that's the most important scripture verse out of this passage for us as as human beings. This this one from verse 6. Abram believed the Lord, and it's credited to him his righteousness. He just simply trusted. God said, this is the way it's going to be. And Abram said, okay, I'm all in. I believe you. He said a resounding amen, which means this is most certainly true. We need to hear his promises from time to time. We need to, to understand that This verse is important because it tells us about saving faith. What is it? It's simply just trusting that God's going to keep his word. Trusting that God is who he says he is. Our God, our Lord, our our Savior. He invites us to trust. He invites us to believe. That's all he asks. He doesn't care about our abilities. He doesn't see our sin. He doesn't keep a record of it. Instead, what he sees is he sees Jesus and his blood washed over us. That's saving faith. Just simply trusting. God told you he's going to do something. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. So you're here in worship today to be reminded of the good news of salvation. Won by Jesus Christ. Every once in a while we get to gather and have communion and in, in that moment you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your, your sins are are forgiven. God has forgiven you. He has opened up heaven for you. He promises to care for you. He promises to be with you. You can take those words to heart. You can believe them. You have God's word. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.